the Raptors are one team that's like kind of interesting just because nobody just can kind of nobody can really figure them out. Um, and now, if you were the Blazers, I think obviously you'd start with give me Scotty Barnes, and then we'll figure out the rest. Um, I think if you're the Raptors, you probably start with is there a way to do this without Scotty Barnes? <laughs> um, and maybe the conversation ends there, but maybe it doesn't. Like I, I do think that is. The closest thing, um, this is clearly not a team that just made it to the finals. They were a team that lost in the play-in. Um, but they had a pretty much the same exact regular season that Miami did. Uh, the previous year, they were at 48 wins. They they are a team that was kind of trying to win in the short term. Um, and they have basically all their picks going forward. They, they have a lot of stuff to trade. They have the contracts to make it work. It's just, I... If they go and trade for Dame and give up a bunch of stuff, then they're going to be a pretty shallow team. Um, they're with probably a kick-ass starting five. Um, and they'd also be kind of, I mean, if Barnes is involved, then that's giving up the guy who's supposed to be the centerpiece of their future to go and win now. You better be pretty damn sure that you can win now if you do it. Yeah, I hear you. I think that I think that's kind of the, the argument against it. I would What I would say to that is that, first of all, OG Ananobi is somebody that Dane has wanted to play with and that Portland has had interest in trading for before, so I think that would be somebody that would be appealing for him to go play with. So if that's, you know, if you're worried about, you know, him not wanting to go there or whatever, I think that's a situation that he could maybe be talked into. But I would also say that just looking at the way that the Raptors have handled this offseason, I mean, they lost Fred Van Vliet, but, like, they re-signed Jakob Pertl for big money, they clearly aren't really that interested in trading Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi, which makes me think they hope they can re-sign them. They're going to extend Gary Trent Jr. Like, I, it seems like if you're going to go that direction, you're going to pay all your guys big money to stay around. Wouldn't your whole idea be to that you're trying to win now and you're trying to go all in? And if so, wouldn't this be somebody you would want to trade for to maybe further that goal? especially because you have a pretty... I know they just signed uh, Dennis Schroeder, but I would say that uh, uh, Damian Lillard is probably a little bit of a better Fred Van Vliet replacement than Dennis Schroeder is. Just, just Yeah, just a slightly better point guard than Dennis Schroeder, yeah. No, I mean, I think I think the trouble with the Raptors is that they are trying to do... They're trying to have their cake and eat it too, and they have been for the past few years. Like, I do think they want to grow Scotty Barnes... Um, and it's like the last thing that they want to do is is get rid of that guy um, because they have not really tanked aside from like the end of one season in, in Tampa and Scotty Barnes was their big reward for that. And one rookie of the year. Um, it's I think they just it, it would be really difficult for them to give up a guy they, they saw as being their centerpiece for like a decade plus for the next few years, which is what you're looking at if you trade for Damian Lillard. Also, if you trade for Damian Lillard, you get Damian Lillard's contract. And then what you're looking at giving Pascal Siakam this enormous extension, um, potentially this summer, um, then you have to deal with Ananobi and his potentially enormous contract. Uh, you've just paid Pirtle 20 million per year. You're probably about to extend Gary Trent. <laughs> like you just, you have such an expensive team and a team that under the new CBA is just, it's difficult to add to that. And I'm not sure that they would immediately think, well, great, now we're the favorites to win the championship. Now, it's still like, I mean, I'm from Toronto and like talking with my friends from there about this exact possibility. Like some of them 
like would flatly just do it. Like it, Dame is that good. He just had the best offensive season of his entire career. He's he's incredible, and like to put him on that team, a team that is like right now desperately needs a point guard, desperately needs more shooting. Um, it puts Pascal Siakam in, in the second banana role where he's already proven, like in that role, he's one of the best there is, um, but might be overtaxed in the role that, that he's in now. So like, yeah, like I know people from back home who would like trade for Dame in a second and they'd give up Scotty and they'd say, go, go try to do it what they did in 2019. Um, but I just think for the Raptors front office, like that's really complicated. I think they they would much rather do this trade with uh, Stockham as a centerpiece or Ananobi as a centerpiece or, or basically like anything that you could construct that doesn't include Barnes. And at that point, I just I don't know how interested the Blazers would be. Like I think Portland would probably be interested in OG Ananobi, but I think it he made a lot more sense as a trade target with with Dame on board. His yeah. age is fine. But it's it's again it's because you have to pay him, like anybody trading for any of these guys. Like if you're trade, I think like Siakam's come up in the rumor mill recently, and I think the tough thing is like Toronto wants a ton for this guy if they're gonna if they're gonna trade him. But who is giving up all sorts of picks, like good players, all of that, for the right to then give him this huge max extension? Like that's that that's where it gets troublesome. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the situation that Portland found themselves in last year with Jeremy Grant. And I'm now, granted, they trade for him because that's who Dame wanted. And there was a handshake kind of agreement at the time that that's that they were going to trade for him and then re-sign him. And then they ended up doing that for a lot of money, even though, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dame now ends up wanting out. You know, now they're still paying Jeremy Grant all that money, which, you know, can land wherever you want to land on how much sense that's going to make for the Blazers to have that on their books while they're rebuilding. But yeah, that, and I, and I, I do know that from Portland's end, that was a concern that they had when they were having talks with different teams about potentially moving the third pick for like an established all-star. I think they were worried about Pascal Siakam and having to pay him and going up against the second apron that would then make it hard to, mm-hmm. you know, build, you know, build a team. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be a concern for, for whoever, but which is why I think if anything were to happen with Toronto, with Portland for this, I think Scotty Barnes would probably have to be included. And I mean, you would know better than I would, cause you talk to more people in Toronto, but it sounds like that's the kind of thing that their front office might not really be that open to doing. I mean, I think if they're open to do it, open to do it, it might be done already. Like I would just, it would make so much sense for Portland. Um, I don't, I just, I mean, anything is possible. I, uh, I think there's obviously some appeal in just taking a swing and going for it, but it's just the the circumstances of the Kawhi Leonard trade versus this this hypothetical that we're throwing out there are like extremely different. I mean, mm-hmm. they 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 had a lot of guys who they deemed off limits on their roster, even in, in that trade, like and go back and look like they kept OG Ananobi out of that trade. They kept Siakam out of that trade. Um, and they were able to get Kawhi Leonard anyway. Now it would be like, they're giving up the number one guy, like they value more than anybody else on the roster in order to get this done. I, I think it's just, it is just different. I think the value, like DeMar DeRozan meant a ton to that city, to that fan base, to that organization, but also like they've been like banging their head against the wall year after year. Um, with this like obvious ceiling on, on the team. I, I'm not sure that like they were 
going to like sign up for many more years with Demar as their their best player. Like I think they were just kind of at the end of the road. They don't think they saw that as like a significant risk that um, they would give up DeRozan and Kawhi would leave, even if they had not, even if they'd lost in the second round to the Sixers or whatever. I don't think they would have like regretted that deeply. Um, but I think now it's like if you trade for Damian Lillard and you don't really get anywhere in the next couple of years, and then you watch Scotty Barnes, Barnes blossom into like a perennial All NBA player, I think it's just different. In a way, it's kind of like some of the things that you know, some of the decisions that the Blazers have made in the last couple of years. Because you know, going you know with with Toronto, like one of the guys that they've gone after is OG Ananobi, and there were talks last year at the draft of the seventh pick plus other stuff for OG. And, you know, I, th- I think I think what the version of it that I heard was that it was the seventh pick, Nasir Little, Josh Hart, and another first was what Toronto wanted for OG, which I think the Blazers decided was kind of a lot to give up for OG. And I think Portland, in retrospect, is happy that they took Shade and Sharp, but that kind of would have been, I know, Shade and Sharp, when they were looking for upgrades to put around Dame, Shaden was somebody that was totally off limits in trade talks that they weren't really open to moving. And so I... Could, I could see how the Raptors front office feels that's, you know, similarly about Scotty Barnes, where, like, yeah, they can trade for a win-now guy like Dame, but then they don't want to see Scotty Barnes become, as Zach Lowe put it a lot of times during the Durant stuff, a 10-time All-Star if he ends up, if his career ends up going that way. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and there's no guarantee that he will ever get there, right? No, like there, there's there not. isn't. But I, I think just, I mean, it's the same thing with Shaden, like... We've already seen Shaden show flashes of being like a very special player. Now, he might I can not understand. Though. He might not, and I can totally understand if you're Damian Lillard saying like, "Cool, he might be a very special player." Right now, he's this young kid that's trying to figure out how to play in the NBA, and like, I want to go compete for championships, and that was the plan. So, right. <laughs> just like I can understand him um, having wanted them to trade the the pick that turned into Scoot this year, I could understand him being like, well, like, what could you have gotten for Sharp? What did you turn down for him? Because if you're Damian Lillard, that's part of the deal. Like, I I think to some extent, like, this is like, this tension is pretty natural and kind of expected when you have a superstar player and Damian Lillard is still squarely a superstar in the NBA. Like, he, he played as well as practically anybody in in the league last year. When you have somebody at his age that only has a certain amount of time left to be that guy, like you, for for the lack of a better word, like owe him a little bit to try to surround him with guys that can help him compete. And if you can't, then you figure something out. Um, And it's just, it's really tough because every team is managing some sort of now versus later conundrum and you know with the Blazers it's come to a head with the Raptors it it hasn't quite come to a head yet but I mean if they have an offer for Damian Lillard on the table and they're sitting there talking about it then like that that is one instance where it's just like well you need to you need to make these like hard 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 decisions yeah I'm I, and I think this all just kind of comes back to exactly where all this lands right now, which is they Blazers should have, could have, and should have done more to put stuff around him. And I think Joe Cronin was trying to 
not lose a deal, even though he kind of, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I've said this before, and I've written this in the, in recent weeks, but he kind of telegraphed his position, I think, too strongly since the trade deadline that we're going to be ridiculously aggressive and push all our chips in. As soon as he said that out loud and kept saying it, because he said this basically the same thing again after the you know at his end of season press conference. As soon as you say that, you kind of lose all of your negotiating leverage because then any team you're dealing with is going to say, oh, well, you have to give us everything for our guy because if you don't do it, then you're going to, you're going to lose Dane. Yeah. And so I think he kind of shot himself in the foot with, you know, the way that he negotiated it. And, and, and I think he was kind of – and, the, you know, this, this is something – and, uh, you know, again, I've said this. I've written this. I think he was too afraid to lose a deal to make the kinds of upgrades that Dane wanted to. And I, I mean, I don't blame him necessarily in a vacuum, each of the individual deals that he did or didn't make, I don't blame him for, but I also understand why Dame felt the way he felt about the approach and about the end result of it. And so here we are. Yeah. And I mean, it's easy to go back and look at whether it's the, the Josh Hart trade, um, like at this year's yeah. deadline, um, you can go back and look at the, the Nurkic contract. Um, you can look. You can even go back and look at like bringing in Jeremy Grant in the first place. You can look at the CJ trade, and like knowing what we know now, like how many of these would the Blazers have done exactly the way that they did them? Um, I think they probably didn't sign that Nurkic deal, for example, thinking that he'd just be their center for that entire, like, the life of that contract. I can tell you that um, they didn't. That was, a, that was a favor to clutch for letting them shut him down to tank. Sure, but, like, also you're doing that thinking, like, it'll be movable, at least. Like, right. And it just, it hasn't been. Or maybe, maybe it has been, but just they've, they've wanted to win I, every trade, so the trades that have actually been available, they've said this, this isn't good enough because we value him more highly. And guess what? The league doesn't value him that highly on this contract. If they had signed him to some like five, six million a year deal, then great. Every team wants Nurkic to be um, their Mason Plumley, but I don't think every team wants Nurkic to, to be their, their starting center right now. And he hasn't consistently been the player that he was when he first got to Portland, just for a variety of reasons. That's the reality of it. Even though like their defensive numbers last year don't really square with how we talk about him as a defender like they were like better with him on the court than without it's, it's kind of weird like just watching him it's like he's not he doesn't have that same quickness he used to have um he's never been the greatest rim protector it's all all the same stuff like um so i mean it's just it's funny like i don't know if there was like a perfect move that that would have made dame happy i don't know if they just gone all in to get ananobi if that would have fixed everything um Maybe after this Dame trade, they'll be super happy they didn't do any of those things because they'll be so happy with what the return is going to be. But as of right now, it's hard to say that that'll be the case. Yeah, I mean, it's it really, this is all going to depend on what the return ends up being because as it stands, and I think the thing to fall back on is that no matter what happens, Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp is a pretty good starting point for a rebuild. Yeah, but you still don't. You still can't just get crushed on this Dame trade. You still can't just like give him away for like the worst version of the Miami package just because he wants to go to Miami. You have to be able to get real stuff back if you're going to really set yourself up for the future. But so now it's just a matter of you know, are they going to be able to work something out with Miami that they can live with, or 
is another team going to swoop in like Cleveland did on Donovan Mitchell last year? And it's just going to take some time to get that sorted out. And, you know, maybe it'll happen this week during Summer League. Maybe it'll happen in a month. I remember when Dwight Howard got traded to the Lakers about 10 or 11 years ago. That trade happened in, like, August, and everybody knew going back to the end of the season that he wanted to be traded to the Lakers, but the trade didn't get done for a while because the Magic had to get, like, three and four teams involved to get more stuff that they could feel yeah. okay about the trade. And, you know, one of the guy, one of the things they got back, I don't remember if any of the picks they ended up using ended up being any good, but they got Nikola Vucevic back from Philadelphia in that trade. And so that's at least, like, one young player that ended up being a guy that they built around and was an all-star a couple times for them and had a pretty good career for them. Maybe Nikola Jovic ends up being that guy. I don't know if he really projects right now as like a as like a high-end starter down the road. Maybe he ends up being that guy. I don't know. But as it is right now, I think, you know, Portland is going to continue to slow play this and we're just going to have to kind of keep monitoring it and keep wondering, you know, how how it's going to play out until it plays out. Yeah, I think I'm probably a little higher than most on the Miami package, assuming they go all the way in, like assuming they don't hold back. And it's like, you can have Caleb Martin. You can like, we have figured out how to get something decent for Hero, um, just in terms of picks. Like we have amended that that OKC picks. You're getting three firsts, you're getting three swaps, you're getting three second round picks. Like just literally take anything you want that is not Bam and Jimmy. If they do that, then I'm a little higher than most just because... I do think the Blazers have a head start. They they have Scoot Henderson. That's like potentially the next franchise player. They have Shane Sharp. Maybe he's the next franchise player if Scoot right. isn't. Um, and, you know, they have, other, I mean, even like Mr. Little on the contract that he's on, like has some value. Like they, they Simons, like, clearly they have not been able to turn him into some amazing like player that would make Dame want to stay, but I don't think he's on a bad contract or anything like that. Like I, I think the Blazers already have a couple of guys who should be part of their core going forward. They're in a very different position. If you compare them to some other teams that have made superstar trades lately, like when Utah tore it down, I mean, they didn't know they were going to get like this all-star version of Lowry Markin and that, that ended up being, great and cool um but there was no scoot henderson on that team there there was no shaden sharp on that team um they didn't even know that when they were getting walker kessler they were they were getting some guy who could be an all defensive caliber center in, in the future potentially like it was just sort of like we're, we're bottoming out like if you compare what the where the wizards are now having traded badly beal way too late it like it's kind of a joke like they're that team is They've going, got nothing. They're going nowhere really fast, and they made a trade that they really... I, I didn't even think, based on the position they were in and based on like what Beal's contract is and the fact that it had a no-trade clause, like I didn't even want to criticize them for making that trade. It was more just that ownership prevented them from doing this years ago. Like, But they got virtually nothing in terms of like assets that could help them right away. They didn't get a ton of unprotected firsts and stops and all of that stuff. They basically dumped his contract. And like, I guarantee you the Blazers, whatever this return is for Dame, if, if it's Miami and there's no one really bidding against them, like Miami will give them far more than, than what the wizards got. It's a low bar, but like they will clear that easily. And even if they don't clear the bar of like what, 
you know, the Jazz got for Mitchell and, and Gobert last year. Like, I don't think it is going to be terrible. And if it looks terrible because there isn't that one blue chip player, I think you have to look at how many picks that you're getting back and just how many years you control Miami's draft pick if it ends up being the Heat. And then you have to look at what they already have because, uh, like, I do think they it is fundamentally a, a sort of, you can take a sort of more confident negotiating negotiating position when you already have Scoot and Sharp um, just on your roster on rookie contracts, and they're they're not going anywhere for a long, long time. Yeah, and that's just kind of where it's at right now. James, thanks a lot for doing this. This is this has been a good, you know, I I like you know like I said I like to bring people in to talk about this kind of from a national perspective, and I think this was this was a good kind of balanced and not you know, invested in one side or the other, you know, <laughs> discussion and just kind of breaking down how everything happened. So uh, do you have anything you want to plug coming up on CBS, like any features or any any big stuff that, you're, that you've got coming up? I think I, I could plug some of the stuff I, I did earlier. Like I did some draft stuff. Um, yeah, I did stories on uh, Kaysen Wallace and Omax Prosper um, and Leonard Miller around the NBA draft. Um, three guys that I'm excited to watch play in summer league, even though I will not be there, but you should have yourself some fun. Yeah. Well, th- thanks a lot for doing it. <laughs> thanks, John.